0: support for today's House of Carbs brought to you by Smart Water. Great taste deserves great tasting water. That's why Smart Water created two more ways to hydrate with the same great taste you know and love. New Smart Water Alkaline with nine plus pH helps keep you hydrated while on the move and new Smart Water antioxidant with added selenium helps you find balance for your body and mind now you can order smart water by saying alexa order smart water yourself will thank yourself smart water that's pretty smart taste buds today's episode of house of carbs also brought to you by heinz Mayonnaise. You may forget what happened three seasons ago on that show that everyone was talking about. You know, the one there had dragons and they had some, there was a, uh, uh, kings and queens and all kinds of stuff. Like you'll never forget my taste buds, a delicious BLT made with unforgettably creamy Heinz mayonnaise slather it on to a mouthwatering Turkey club. Mix it into a luscious garlic aioli. Speaking of garlic, wait till you do today. Or layer it on a thick cheddar cheeseburger. And because of the unforgettable creaminess, hours later, you're going to be telling everyone within earshot just how good it was. Try something new. Try unforgettably creamy Heinz mayonnaise and the new Heinz mashups. Mayo chup mayo Q, mayo must, and crunch. All right, all right, all right. My taste buds, my culinary comrades, my hungry homies. We've done it. We're back. It is another delicious episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, Joe House. What an episode this week, my taste buds. Our road warriors have returned out abroad. We've had an enormous amount of human beings covering the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals. Danny Chow was in Toronto for a week. John Gonzalez was up in uh, the Oakland area. Golden State Warriors were the source of his coverage. We have beautiful food tales coming from Canada and from Oakland, California, by way of these two gentlemen. Their mouths and their bellies are ready to share. And a new feature here on House of Carbs. We're doing something where we're taking some suggestions out of the Ringer Food Slack and sharing them with you. We have a garlic hack that's appeared recently. Sean Yu is coming on to break it all down. But let's get in that belly with the Ringer Food Correspondent, our number one hungry homie, Danny Chow. All right, Hungry Homies, he's back. From what felt like, at least to to me months on the road it's been a long time since we've had the James Beard award nominated ringer food correspondent Danny Chow on House of Carbs what's happening buddy hello hello i am back yeah uh, it yeah it's been it's been a really
1: wild last i don't know month and a half i i've just you know the 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 work schedule has has made it so that i've been traveling more or less every 3 weeks or so. And it's been it's been an adjustment for me. I'm I'm just kind of used to being cooped up in my office, but uh yeah, it's been nice to to kind of try new things and and experience new uh new experiences. And
0: you know, each of those uh destinations had its own particular circumstances leading you uh, to it, New York was, was to see whether or not you were going to, whether you're going to be transformed from a James Beard award nominated writer into a James Beard award winning writer. Uh, you didn't, you didn't win this year, but that just means, you know, next year or the year, year after you, you, you know, you have to bring one home. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Exactly. Let's start with New York. I know that you always, when you travel like this, are um, you have one or two places that you want to go try, you're taking notes, and you're constantly sort of preparing your next travel log, your next uh, experiential kind of story. So let's not step on anything that you sort of have in the works in that direction. but uh, let's talk a little bit about that that New York dining experience for you.
1: Right. I mean, for the most part, I tried to keep it a little simple. I really was, I had maybe two spots on my list that I absolutely had to hit. And luckily I was able to hit both of them. Uh, they were both noodle soup shops, which should come as no surprise if, if you know me. Like that's basically what I crave 24-7. Um, one of the spots was a it's, a, it's a Chinese noodle shop. That deals with a kind of underrepresented um, facet of, of Chinese cuisine. It's a place called um, Little Tong's Noodle Shop, uh, and they they deal with um, Yunnan style noodles. And it's it's typically a very kind of subtle um, preparation. It, there there's there's basically a bowl of rice noodles. In a stock of chicken, maybe some Chinese ham, um, and there, there's just a bunch of different toppings and, and ingredients that go into the soup. Um, but it's still a very subtle, very lightly flavored um, arrangement. Uh, what I had at Little Tongs was probably the best version I've ever had. It was very,
0: very good. And when you say Yunnan, that's different from Yunnan. Hunan. Hunan are yeah. those two? This no, they're, they're are different, not the right. Yeah.
1: Um, so Little Tong's main dish is their grandma's michelle, which is a rice noodle soup in this just brilliantly flavored chicken broth. It's, it's one of the best like chicken noodle soups I've had in a really long time. Uh, and it's completely like Instagram friendly. There's like a little splotch of like what I think is black garlic oil. They're like edible flowers on top. And it, it's, it's made by someone who has clearly um, gone through the rounds of, of New York's fine dining landscape, um, but channeling something very specific to her, you know, experience as a person, um, kind of refining it a little bit, but, but kind of elevating the flavor in a sense that when I ate it, I, I didn't feel like, oh, this is a very subtle dish. I felt like it was a very complete um, you know, rendition of a chicken noodle soup. It, it was really, really a stunning bowl of bowl of noodles for me.
0: So I uh, am compelled to ask, which uh, of the little tong venues in New York did you uh, venture into? W- was it the Midtown one? Oh yeah. So yeah, I happened
1: to be staying around in that area, so the Midtown one was a uh, pretty quick jaunt from where i was staying uh there is one i believe in east village um that was the original one and that has kind of garnered a lot of acclaim um but yeah the midtown one was great
0: yeah the reason i ask is because i had hugh atchison the chef from from atlanta uh the atlanta area at large he's he's bigger than atlanta he's bigger than the south hugh atchison um, because he has his own podcast up and running right now. And he, part of his podcast conceit was going and having meals with folks. And he had a meal at little Tong, where I can't recall who the guest was. Um, they ate at the little Tong in midtown and they ate this sandwich. Oh which yeah. Is
1: the JB melt
0: that yes, the JB melt. Yeah. The, this, this version of a French dip. Did, did you try one? So it,
1: I wouldn't call it really a French dip. I, w- I would say so. It it combines elements of of. Okay, so first of all, let's let's explain what it is. It it is made of a. It is essentially a beef roll, which if you are mm. accustomed to, um, kind of food out in the San Gabriel Valley, it's a, it's a very classic, uh, bing with, uh, braised. Pour, or sorry, braised beef and a little bit of cilantro in a hoisin sauce. Um, so it's very approachable, very classic, almost, I don't know, I want to say stonery food. I, I usually enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Uh under you certain, say that. Under certain contexts. Um, the taste but, buds know what that means, Danny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for this JB Melt, they used uh, cheese curds. And so the cheese curds would kind of get a little bit a little bit melty, and you would still get a little bit of that bounce. And so it was just this amazing textural experience. And it be, it became like this, I don't know, extremely stoner-esque food uh that <laughs> I I would I would I would recommend to anyone.
0: Yeah, it's 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 got this, it's got a cult following now, and it is the thing. That that you know, when I hear little tong, people think you know the 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 connection is this sandwich, which I hope doesn't come at the expense of uh, the Yunnan the opportunity to try genuine Yunnan cuisine. How big was the sandwich? Like, could you eat? Could you have? Um, you know, both the sandwich and some other stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I split it with a friend, but I mean, if you if you were hungry, definitely the the bowl of noodles was not overwhelming. Uh, I think okay. we ended up splitting a bowl of the Dandan Dan noodles, a bowl of the Mischen, mm. and the JB melt. And I think I believe JB stands for John uh, Bing, which is um, what what the sandwich actually is in in Chinese. Um, ah, yeah.
0: So yeah, I I, think I, you explain
1: that to me. Very, very good.
0: <laughs> I okay. when I was when I was a eating, reason- it, I was just
1: like, oh my god, like. Every stoner should try this at least once <laughs> what about what about non
0: stoners like I haven't you know i'm I'm gonna
1: oh yeah, 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 I, absolutely, but it was just like that was my first thought. I was like, this is a dream, this is a complete dream, <laughs> and i i i respect I respect the chef who uh who kind of
0: had this epiphany moment, you know'cause yeah, yeah, absolutely, well, I mean, the bar's been set pretty high, you started with that little tongue. And and you have the JB amount. Where else did you venture in New York City? In New York, I had
1: heard a lot about a ramen shop called Nakamura. Uh, it's down in the okay. Lower, Lower East Side, I believe. Um, yeah. And it was started by a, a chef who had consulted for Sun Noodle, which is the major purveyor for most of uh, the ramen that you can find at a lot of the best ramen shops um, around the world, really. Uh, and he used to have a, a spot in California called California Ramen, which I unfortunately never was able to try. He shut it down before mm. I was able to get out there. And I guess sure. before, you know, I had the taste and the money and the ability to kind of travel around and, and try these great, you know, small little uh, hole-in-the-wall yeah. places. Be-
0: before it was your job. Before right. Before you got paid exactly. to do it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so he opened up a spot down in the Lower East Side. It's a very small shop and it's a place for him to kind of get creative. Um oh. but the the ramen that I had was a very classic shoyu ramen, soy sauce based with a thin uh cut of, you know, pork belly chashu. And it was just I don't really know how to describe why it was so compelling to me, but I would have to say it's the best ramen I've
0: had in America. Wow. Did There's, you... What were your expectations walking in? Did you have high hopes, medium hopes? I mean, like, I... What is your your thinking?
1: I had been recommended by, you know, a fellow food enthusiast who, you know, I, I trust completely, and he was like, this is, yeah, this is clearly the best ramen you can get in America, and you know he he recommended that i go during lunch because they offer smaller bowls so i could have you know possibly done a a ramen flight if you will just order a bunch of small bowls and kind of try them all but i was unfortunately only able to go during dinner um but the bowl i had was just there there's certain there's certain preparations and executions that like force you to kind of think about what you're eating and that's kind of what happened to me for this bowl of ramen. Like usually bowl of, bowls of ramen are comfort foods. Uh, you know, it's piping hot liquid, very fatty, uh, broth and, and kind of like a, a you know, it, it it's simple components put together, uh, in a way that you, you know, in a, in a way that creates that level of comfort. But for this one, it was like the the meat itself was not as tender as I was expecting, but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the flavor of the broth was something about it. Everything about it was just off. And and from what I've heard, um, you know, the, the chef tinkers with his ramen constantly, even if it's been on the menu for years. And it, there's right. always slight adjustments being made. It's It's never perfect. And from what I've heard, you know, these slight kind of eccentricities in the bowl of ramen are all by design they're not none of it is you know oh a cook happened to have a bad day or whatever it, it's all kind of premeditated and, and thought out and i just really respect um people who can turn something very simple into something that's worth kind of thinking about in this way worth obsessing about and i really want to go back i really want to have a, a it- second experience there
0: it reminds me a little bit as as you were describing it, Danny, of of two different um, folks, one I've had on the podcast and one uh, you know, who, who's who's not available anymore, probably never available. Um, I was thinking of Anthony Manjeri and, and his uh una pizza napolitana, right, where he's doing the same dish every day, you know, a certain number of them by hand. Mostly himself, although he, he he's 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 uh, expanded and gotten help. But you know, each and every one, because it's it's food and the ingredients are different, and the day is different, and you know, every single day the variables are all. It's the same dish, but every day the variables are different, so it's not the same dish. It's it's organic, and I was also thinking a little bit as you were talking about the the movie Zero um, Dreams of Sushi. Sure. Where you know the the impossible attempt at creating perfect sushi, you know and the the repetition element of that. Um, I don't know if either one of those apply. If there's a likeness to to what you're describing um, in the way of this, this ramen experience, but you 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 know the simplicity of the elements of of ramen, uh, you know, don't seem like they ought to lend themselves to an elevated kind of experience, but the constant innovation, it sounds a little bit like this dude's got an, a real strong art instinct in him. I don't know if that's, I don't mean that to, to demean him or diminish him in any way, shape or form.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately, especially when you're talking about the, the kind of um, Neapolitan pizza that they're doing out in UNA, it's like, there are so few ingredients, there's really nowhere to hide. And when you have someone who is trying to perfect something that is so simple, like you really have to make sure every single component is, you know, up to par or excels it. And it takes a really, you know, obsessive type of person to actually want to pursue that. And so I, I think, yeah, I think I think what we're what we're seeing in in a lot of these these examples is just. People who truly are committed to the things that they do and want to seek something that approaches perfection, even if it isn't necessarily possible or attainable.
0: Quick break. My taste buds from this delectable discussion with Danny Chow want to talk to you about BMW House of Carbs today, brought to you by the all-new BMW 3 Series. Don't be driven by technology, taste buds. Drive it. The all-new BMW 3 Series is available with state-of-the-art technology. That means feature after feature of the latest BMW innovations, such as the intelligent personal assistant, hands-free steering, backup assistant, parking assistant, frontal collision warning, twin power turbo engine, and a completely redesigned interior with gesture control. That is some high power technology. What a list. There's a loved one in my life. I'm not going to name her name names, but boy, she could use a couple of these. What you will love about this technology is that it's so simple and easy to use. But what you'll really love about this vehicle cannot be listed or explained in words. It has to be felt on the road in just the same way that this unbelievable dosa experience that john gonzalez is going to tell us about in a couple minutes it's just outrageous you have to taste it you have to feel it It has to go in your mouth and in your nose the same way that driving this all-new bmw3 series has to be felt on the road hurry in my taste buds to your local bmw center today and test drive the all-new bmw3 series for yourself the all-new BMW 3 Series. Don't be driven by technology. Drive it. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, so New York, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, exemplary meals, revelatory meals. Uh, Part of your, your job, Danny, you don't just get to go to places and eat. You also cover the National Basketball Association. So there were trips to Milwaukee and to Toronto right. in the last six weeks. Uh, first of all, congratulations. I feel like I can call them your Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Almost. Is, that, is that fair?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've become an adopted fan of both the team and the city. Um, so, yeah, I, I celebrated pretty hard for, for that win. I was, I was definitely <laughs> there for the Game 6 win uh, amongst 20, 25, 30,000 people out in Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, it was wild.
0: And when you're there for that kind of thing, so you were in Toronto for a week. You were there for the entire uh, week of the finals. You didn't go back and forth between Oakland and Toronto. No. Do you have when you're when you're on your basketball beat? Are you ever? Do you ever take out a hat and put on your food hat and go do some food, or just, or is it food for sustenance?
1: I mean, when I can definitely uh, for Game Six, which I watched at Jurassic Park West, which is So Jurassic Park is obviously the outdoor kind of viewing event that um, the the team hosts right outside uh, Maple Leaf Square and right outside the arena. But across the country and really across the world, they've kind of allowed um, different cities across Canada to create their own viewing parties. And one of the biggest was in Mississauga, which is two cities west of Toronto. And it's not technically... uh, considered part of the greater Toronto area. Uh, it is actu- Mississauga is actually the sixth biggest city in Canada and probably bigger than a lot of major American cities. Uh, and they have this huge event space um, that basically fits, like, at capacity, 50,000 people. And so around twenty to 30,000 people gathered to watch Game 6. Um, I was lucky to be one of them. And Mississauga also happens to be one of the most diverse cities in the area. Uh, I believe more than 52% um, of the demographic there is um, considered minority. And so the cuisine out there is just a a complete kind of melange of of different cultures. And I, I ate it all up. Um, it, it was one of the reasons why I wanted to go out to the Jurassic Park out in Mississauga instead of the one in downtown, because I knew the access to, um, the food would be really, really good. And I hadn't actually been able to he- head out to Mississauga in previous, um, trips to Toronto.
0: Okay. That was my question. I was going to ask if you'd been to Mississauga before. The answer is no. no. So this I do have your, family your, out there though. Your, your, you do,
1: yeah, I have believe my mom's side I have some family friends out there, so I'm, I'm familiar with this, the city. I just haven't actually been able to uh, track out there and, and experience it for myself. Until now, until now.
0: Yeah. so let's let's talk about uh, what you encountered. It's funny to talk about a city fit that's 52 percent. Other and 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 it's still minority, um, right? So that means there's a lot of different uh, mixes and flavors, and vibes and feelings and cultures, and people look different, and that means the food's going to be different. And I really like where this is going. Let's hear about it.
1: And I, I feel like part of the reason why Toronto has always felt like home was because I very much see these outskirts and these suburbs and these you know these communities outside of the city center. Uh, being kind of the, the true lifeline of of the cultural cultural diversity out there. And so you see a lot of these strip malls just like you see in L.A. Uh, one of them happened to house, you know, one of my, one of my favorite eating experiences of this year. Uh, it was at a restaurant called Ancila's Indian Cuisine. And it was in just mm. a, a strip mall. that was, It was a huge strip mall that had, like, no cars in it. It was right next to a martial arts studio where a bunch of kids were coming in for their like um, practices or rehearsals or recitals or something. I, I never did martial arts as a kid. Um, it, it, was, it was a random kind of dingy uh, strip mall with a bunch of different restaurants that didn't seem very occupied. We were actually the first, pre- first people in Encila's, And what's special about it is the way that you order. And so you'll walk into the restaurant and there will be no one there to greet you. There will be no one there. Uh, you actually have to kind of ring a bell. And once you ring a bell, uh, this, <laughs> this woman comes out and she kind of has like cool aunt vibes. She'll come out with a smile. She'll yeah. greet you. And sure. she'll be like, oh, yeah, wherever you want to sit, sit down. Oh, uh, it's not- it must be noted that it is a reservation only restaurant. And so once we walked in, she was like, she knew exactly who we were. She sat us down. Uh, okay. And she was like, okay, well, we do things a little differently here. There is no menu. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you three questions. And from there, I'll figure out what I need to cook for you. And so she'll ask you huh. first how uh, your spice tolerance is. Uh, for me, I was like, I know what answer you gave yeah. to that. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I'm at a 10, but I'm going to scale it down just to see, you know, (laughs) how you work here. So we we took it down to about a seven, seven or eight. Um, Okay. Okay. And then she'll ask you, are you a meat eater or are you vegetarian? Um, And so from there, she'll ask you, you know, what's your preferred protein? Do you like chicken? Do you like goat? Do you like, you know, whatever? So you pick that. And then right on the spot, she'll be like, okay. Here are the two dishes that I want to cook for you. And basically, you should just say yes. Um, This is insane. Yeah. I love this. And after that, you can add, you know, um, appetizers. She recommended uh, a vegetarian pakora, which is, you know, deep fried. Um, It's something that was supposed to kind of keep you keep your appetite going, but not necessarily weigh you down. But we opted against that. We just went with the two curries that she made. Uh, The first one was what she calls uh, chicken takatak, which was a preparation of curry that I haven't really had before. It it kind of married sweet, um, spicy, sour flavors, a lot of uh, coriander, a lot of cilantro, um, and like very thinly sliced uh, raw onions. So there was a lot of like, textural components to this kind of curried gravy dish. Uh, and then the second one was a classic um, mutton vindaloo. So okay, deeply, deeply spiced. Um, very, very classic preparation. And it was just one of the best meals
0: I've had this year. It was very, very good. Because it sounds like you went into your friend's mom's kitchen. Yeah. And she asked you a few questions about, you know, she wants to put on a, a good, she loves her, her, her son or daughter, and you're the, you're the friend of the son or daughter. And so she wants you to have a wonderful eating experience, and she asks you three very basic questions, and then she makes you something magical.
1: Yeah, it, it really did feel like, and because she was, she's the only one cooking there she's the only one greeting you. She has one person kind of taking the dishes away and, and serving, but she's the one in the kitchen. She's the one asking the questions. It's very personalized. It's very, you know, heartwarming. And to, kind of to add to the charm of it, uh, right after we were done ordering, another lady co- walks into the restaurant, and uh, Ancila just happens to see her, and she just, like, loses her mind in, in joy. She comes up and hugs the person and they sit down and talk for a little bit. And it wasn't until later and Sila comes over to us and she's just like, oh, so that lady who had just walked in and we just hugged, uh, she was my neighbor in Mumbai and we haven't actually seen each other in 30 years. And I was like, whoa. What? Whoa. This is <laughs> like, it truly <laughs> felt like, oh, we were just like in someone's house. It was a, it was a right. really nice, nice experience
0: i I don't know how capable that is of like being repeated I can't think <laughs> right. of an experience like that I've had here in the United States but I'm so taken by it yeah um you had to pay her right there were prices associated <laughs> oh, with oh yeah deal. yeah of course um was it like what how was the pricing was it like crazy high price was no it medium no medium no, price no. like i cuz i would pay anything for this to be right. honest right yeah you. like it,
1: i i would have definitely paid more for the experience but no it was s- standard pricing I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say it was Reg- any
0: regular fare yeah it was normal pricing
1: yeah you what you would expect to pay at an indian restaurant
0: i'm 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 blown away you you, you never cease to to come on here and give out some experience that's just like so different from anything Any of the culinary comrades, the taste buds, the hungry homies, um, you know, have in our our walks of life. Uh, Thank you as always, Danny Chow. (laughs) What are you working on right now? What what can you tell our our taste buds about what you have in the cooker, so to speak? I have a bunch
1: of ideas that are percolating. I I don't really have anything completely like set into motion yet. Uh, The draft and free agency is kind of. Taking up a lot of my mental space right now, um, but yeah, your, your
0: NBA day job is, yeah. is it's flowing, it's rolling.
1: I mean, it, the, the season doesn't really end until the last of the the major free agents signs. So who knows when that will be.
0: I know. I mean, honestly, the the season just started. It started, you know, while you were in Toronto jumping up and down, truly with your twenty five thousand, you know, Raptor pals. The real season just got started at that minute.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I was in Toronto for the Anthony Davis trade, so I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, this
0: no, the the season is just how it is now started. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Danny Chow, as always, thanks for coming on House of Carbs. Well, let's let's try and, and get together a little more frequently. I know how hard you're working. I, I, I respect it. And and uh, you know, it would it, it really pay it off. I mean, between Little Tong and this this experience you had in Mississauga, I mean, just top notch stuff. But let's try and get together again sooner than, than rather than later, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, as always, big thanks to the hungriest homie, Danny Chow. Wangan John Gonzalez coming up next. But first, a couple words from friends of ours. Uni, the transportable wood fired pizza oven. The average American hungry homies will eat 46 slices of pizza. This year, we are all above average. I'm probably going to have 46 this month. Uni revolutionized outdoor cooking with the world's first portable wood-fired pizza oven so you can get restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. The key to making great pizza at home is heat. Ooni ovens heat to 932 degrees giving you the crispy outer and chewy inner crust they have three distinct models the coda the uni three and the uni pro your uni is not just for amazing pizzas either my taste buds use it for perfectly seared steaks and vegetables too i'm so happy it's grilling season here on the east coast it's june on the east coast which means longer days longer evenings outdoor grilling this uni that i have the coda and i have been doing this experimenting over the past month i'm gonna do some some little videos or pictures or something you gotta see what's going on here i found a temperature range that i like for this crust i continue to experiment with some very basic pizza making i am not a pizziola we've had anthony mancherry una pizza napolitano on I've been inspired. I want to try and get this right. My temperature right now that I'm finding the most success with is about 750 degrees. The coat is super easy to assemble. Even a dummy like me, I put it together. I set it up. Attach the, the little get tank, it's nothing to it, and you can get you, you can really experiment with, with temperatures. Go to uni.com and enter code HOC for 10% off your purchase. That's o-o-n-i.com to get your uni coda, your uni3, or, or your uni pro. Enter HOC at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Enjoy fast free shipping on all orders over one hundred bucks. O-O-N-I dot com. Code H-O-C. Let's Ooni do it! Hungry Homies, today's show also brought to us by our friends in Milwaukee. We love Milwaukee. Danny Chow is just in Milwaukee. You might think you know Milwaukee. The Bucks, the Brewers, beer, brad sure. But that's not all. It's also home to the Flying Art Museum on the Water. It's the Bloody Mary Metropolis The frozen custard capital of the world, America's heart of outdoor art, the freshwater surfing sanctuary, the independent movie theater mecca of the Midwest, and home to the biggest music festival in the world. I bet you didn't know that. Vogue magazine said Milwaukee is the Midwest's coolest and most underrated city. Money Inc. says Milwaukee is a Midwestern mecca for foodies and Huffington Post called it America's best-kept secret. Well, not for long, taste buds. Where else could you go duck pin bowling and frozen motorcycle racing or go see rolling tavern, sausage races, and the home base of Harley all in the same day? Milwaukee, that's where. Go to visit milwaukee.org slash plan to get your trip started. That's visitmilwaukee.org slash plan. I'll see you there. All right, culinary comrades, as promised, here's the segment from Monday. Me and John Gonzalez together on Heat Check. John Gonzalez is just back from traveling for the NBA Finals. We had to talk about this unbelievable meal that he enjoyed in San Francisco, California. I hope you enjoy it.
2: Speaking of eating, by the way, as As transitions go, the last thing I wanted to do with you is that uh, when you're on the road for playoffs and specifically the finals, you end up having a lot of meals. We were in two really good cities in Toronto and San Francisco. So I wanted to tell you about two of the more interesting meals that I had during the finals. And you're the host of House of Carbs. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn over this portion of the program to you, Joe House and House of Carbs. We're going to play the music and you're going to ask me questions and I will answer them. Wangan it is always
0: a pleasure to have you on here on House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. You are a hungry homie. You came on after your trip to Greece, and we shared you shared many tales of your uh, uh, eating adventure there, pursuing Rick Pitino, who managed to find Italian food even in Greece. Congratulations yeah. to, to to Rick. <laughs> now you you've just concluded a tour of two of North America's finest eating cities. Like in in the NBA, the destinations, the top five are are Toronto and Golden State and New Orleans and Los Angeles and New York. And Houston is is bumping up into there too. You, You can't leave out Houston as a great eating destination. But you just got to go back and forth between Toronto
2: and, and Golden State. I bet you had a couple good meals, huh? I did. We had some wonderful meals. One of the things you do on the you work on the road, and then you you gather your writer buddies and you go for food. So most nights it was Dan Devine and me and Paul Flannery from SB Nation and Andrew Sharp. Shouts to former Grantland staffer, current SI staffer Andrew Sharp, having dinner together. So two of the spots I wanted to tell you about. The one in Toronto, and we ate a lot of really good meals in in Toronto, including a really wonderful uh, Greek meal. But I had never had, and I know this is going to sound basic to people in Toronto and Canada, but I had never had poutine. And so our buddy James Herbert from uh, CBS Sports, he's Canadian. And he was like, well, there's this place that has a poutine, a roast duck poutine pizza. It's called Bannock in Toronto, and I'm like, well, that just sounds gorpy as hell. We got to go eat that, and so we had you know giant Molson beers, and we had a roast duck poutine pizza. So it was duck confit uh, with caramelized onions, fries, and curds and house. It was every bit as delightfully messy, gorpy, cheesy, the gravy on top, the whole bit. I mean, it was it was excessive to say the least, and I don't regret any of it. It was wonderful.
0: Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm glad to hear it. Now that's. A poutine derivative, though. Did you at any point sit down and have like just the straightforward poutine with the cheese curds and the gravy and, you know, just a a Canada right down the middle deliverable?
2: Right next to that roast duck poutine pizza? Poutine. Okay. We we got it because I was like, well, we also have to just try the... Yes, yes, exactly. It was was wonderful. I really didn't have a bad meal in all of Toronto. I just wanted to shout out that that weird Frankenstein creation that they had at Bannock because I'd never seen or heard of anything like that. And it was every bit as wonderful as I expected. But the meal, the meal that I really wanted to tell you about was in San Francisco at a restaurant called Dosa. So all the people that I mentioned came with me. It was Sharp and Divine and Flannery. And then my buddy Kevin Alexander, who's a James Beard Award-winning writer who has a a chef friend named Arun Gupta. And Arun is the chef at a place called Dosa, which specializes in Southern Indian cuisine. I've eaten a lot of Indian in my life. This is the best Indian meal I've ever had. They just redid the menu. And so we went in there and Chef Arun, who's by the way, a Ringer super fan and a basketball super fan. Oh man. It was incredible. It was a perfect night of we're going to overeat and then talk too much basketball. And he sat down with us. He's a big Knicks fan. And his question to us was how are you guys on spice and I love spice and Kevin Alexander loves spice and Dan Devine's face went white. Cause he's oh, no. like, yeah, he's like, I'm not really a spice guy. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you're going to suck come it up, come on, Danny D, <laughs> but come he on, did, bro. but he did, he sucked it up and he, yeah, uh, good. we had so many things. So I'm just going to run this through for you. Chef Arun. Luckily I, I had to go back and ask him, for notes because there were so many things he brought out house. It was kind of like the night where you and I went to dinner where you ordered everything on the menu. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't even get a menu. Chef was just like, put those away. I'm going to bring you a bunch of shit. So for small bites, we had grilled prawns with green garlic and coconut. Yes. We had bite-sized vada pal sandwiches, which are like Indian street food, but he, oh, hi, yes. he high end. It was like his take on it with pickles and chutneys. A little elevated. Yes, sir. Yeah. Incredible. We had grilled house paneer with uh Meyer lemon chutney, Grilled lamb. And then he brought out and he even like prefaced it. He's like, this might seem like not what you'd expect for Indian or even just like a little chicken. But he brought out grilled quail, grilled mini quails with dates and apricots. Wow. House. Incredible. Like basically the best miniature chicken wings you've ever had in your life. That was like yeah, so, just some uh, starters.
0: What aspect of it? And it's not requirement that you're at an Indian food restaurant. And so there needs to be some kind of preparation of it that identifies it as Indian and what you just described sounds like in terms of that quail, something that could be you know at a French restaurant, at an American bistro, an elevated American bistro these days. Was there some defining attribute, characteristic trait that made
2: it, you know, ide- you could identify it as an Indian dish? Yeah. I mean, he did the whole, everything had an Indian flair to it. So obviously the spices and the curries and okay. the bread that he'd bring in. And, and like for dinner, we did family style everything, which I, that's how I love to eat. I that's love to the eat. right way to eat. Of I course. love it. Put all the things in the middle of the table and everybody will pick and choose as they go. I love to eat that way when I, when I'm in Greece and and Chef Arun did a wonderful job with that family style for dinner. So the main courses were roasted lamb ribs with black pepper honey, a braised oh. lamb shank that was so tender it was like you touch it with your fork and it comes right off the bone. Yes, with a, a Mangalore style curry, and then mm. and then he did a duck breast with rice, turnips, and orange, and then a thali plate with lemon rice, green herb rice cherry pachadi, Persian cucumber pickle, like all these different little accoutrements, green garlic, kutu, coconut and tomato chutney, a sambar and paper dosa, because obviously dosa is the name of the restaurant. Gotta have a dosa. Uh, the house. There was so much food they had to roll us out of there. And Dan Devine, still alive. <laughs> the heat didn't he- kill him. He took on all the spice. I, I He probably navigated it carefully, and did, I'm glad. So what they did was, are you aware of the lassies, the yogurt drinks? Yes, yes. Very familiar. So, Absolutely. Uh, that's always good to kick back the heat a little bit. You have a little of the the lassie with your hot spicy food, and then, you know, we had a dessert, a coconut and tapioca, panty mm-hmm. curry bite. I mean, it was yes. just soup to nuts beginning to end, just an incredible... Indian meal by Chef Arun. And we talked about his awful New York Knicks, which warmed my heart as a Philadelphia 76ers guy.
0: It was kind of him to not poison the food, as all of you made uh, <laughs> relentless fun of him for, for his Knicks fandom. Um, clearly, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm interested in this aspect of it. Now, you guys got some special Chef Arun treatment. Yes. Um, how does Dosa, if, if I was to walk in off the street and not identify myself as the gourmand that I am, could I experience that entire array? Is that the way that they do their thing there?
2: Yeah, they just redid their tasting menu, So everything that we sampled, basically, we got the whole thing. It was yeah. like, instead of picking options, we just tried everything. But Great. yeah, you go in there and you could do a la carte or with the tasting menu. And again, it's a, it's a nice space. It's a very cool restaurant. They have two locations. We went to the one on Fillmore. Chef Arun was there. And if you, you know, go over there, see him mention that you like the ringer in basketball and uh, he'll talk basketball with you and, and serve you a delightful meal. House, you got to get on a plane. We got to go there.
0: This is the thing. I, You know, uh, I had a milestone birthday this year, Wangan.
2: I know you did. Happy 50th, by the way. Buddy. Yeah,
0: it, it's in there. So I'm celebrating for the entire rest of the year. And I have designs on getting back out. You know, the U.S. Open was just competed at Pebble Beach. And watching that for four days and nights, God, the primetime golf is so glorious for us golf lunatics watching it from bed with, with my pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, always the way, you know, if the good Lord wants to take me, let it be that way. Let me, (laughs) let me, let me be in bed with a pint of Ben and Jerry's in the U S open on in primetime, but I have designs on getting out to that area, returning to Monterey. And celebrating, you know, on that entire beautiful peninsula with a golf experience out there. And that delivers along with it a trip through San Francisco, which could have its own little eating tour and maybe even a little trip up to Napa. I mean, like, you know, why? Why put a ceiling on this thing? Let's, we're going to celebrate 50. I'm only turning 50 once. This is the last birthday and I intend to celebrate for the rest of my life. Let's just
2: go all out. So, Chef Arun, I'll I'll give him, I'll give him two months notice so he can start stocking up for the visit. You send up a flare. I'll meet you there. Uh, Joe House, make sure to listen to him on Fairway Rolling. We just had the U.S. Open. And of course, House of Carbs. And then right here on Heat Check, he's going to be back. It's going to be a very busy off season for us. So we'll have him back regularly. There's no man who, who could hit golf and food, and basketball in one pod. Just one. It's Joe House. House, thanks for doing this.
0: Juan well, gun, always my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the Heat Check. Ice, I'm rooting for your Clippers. All right, big thanks to John Gonzalez. Hungry homies, make sure you're checking out Heat Check, available on Mondays. It is the Ringer NBA show, available at the ringer.com. part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We're about to have a new segment. We need we need some help naming it. You'll hear some suggestions. Sean Yu is joining us to talk about a, a hack that's appeared on the internet, peeling garlic. Before we get into this food hack with Sean Yu, though, I want to tell you about Luminary. I love the podcast, The Trip. So, I'm all about Luminary right now. It's the only place you can find new episodes of that show. You ever want to get intoxicated in far off lands with exceptional people? My hand is up. Gather your earbuds. Emmy winner and former Anthony Bourdain collaborator Nathan Thornburg of Roads and Kingdoms is roaming the intersection of travel, food, and culture with raw, intimate conversations over drinks with important food folks like Samin Nosrat, Jose Andres, W. Kamau Bell, and more. In addition to the trip, Luminary gives you access to a bunch of other original shows from innovative, dynamic creators that you cannot find anywhere else. The Luminary app is free to download, and in addition to the can't-miss originals, you can use it to listen to all your podcasts, thousands of podcasts, including the ones you already love like this one, all enhanced by an easy-to-use interface with personalized content recommendations. Whether you're into food, travel, culture, comedy, or more, Luminary has the right show for you. If you love podcasts, then you need to check out Luminary. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link.com. Carbs. After that, it's eight bucks a month, seven ninety-nine per month. That's luminary.link slash for two months of free access. Luminary.link slash carbs. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. All right, Taste buds. As you know, we here at House of Carbs, in the first place, we are we are in your service. We are in the service of our culinary comrades our hungry homies. We also are constantly looking for ways to innovate, to give you good, hungry people out there, additional ways to enjoy what the the good Lord above has offered us in terms of, of, of a bounty of delicious items over the course of our lives, the beautiful food that nourishes us and takes us on adventures and lets us be our very best selves. You may not know this, my culinary comrades, but here at theringer.com, a lot of slack channels, big time slackers at the uh <laughs> at, at, at the ringer. Nephew Kyle, is is it is he are you called a slacker? What do you call it when you get on the slack and talk slack?
2: I, I wouldn't know because I, I'm uh, I'm not on Slack that often, but uh, I just jumped into the food <laughs> Slack after Sean brought this to my attention. So whatever, Sean. Well, this is the
0: thing, right? So, yeah, here at the Ringer, Taste Buds, two Slacks devoted to, in the first place, items of interest and curiosity in the world of food. Not just food news, but also food hacks, food innovation, and also a whole separate Slack at the Ringer. Devoted to recipes. Today, we are going to focus on an item of interest that, that arose on the food channel, the food Slack channel. None other than multimedia producer extraordinaire at the ringer, Sean Yu, here to help us walk through this unbelievable item he threw up on, on the Slack not literally threw up. That was his baseball <laughs> tour from a month ago. But he did post on the Slack this item of interest. Sean, you welcome back,
3: buddy. Thanks for having me again, House. I'm just looking forward as a Korean-American to talk about garlic, something that has been part of my life probably before I was born. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Of
0: course. Yeah. Your mother was nourished. Your mother and father were both nourished with uh beautiful garlic and all, all of its uh, incarnations and varieties in the in the cor- Korean cuisine. I was born the, to and love and garlic. And in no small part. Yeah, in no small part that's how you came to be, right? Yep. yep. Born born out of garlic. Undoubtedly.
3: Yeah.
2: Born out of garlic.
0: <laughs> so before we get going Sean you, let's you, I know that you uh we've worked together extensively uh during my time at at the Ringer and I know of your your creative impulses. I feel like we should give These uh slack uh tidbits a name. Because we're gonna if we're gonna innovate here at House of Carbs, let's let's give this segment a name and and we'll 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 leave it open to the hungry homies. Any hungry homie that has a suggestion for us on uh you know these these I'm gonna call it, I'm gonna start with with I'm just gonna put on the table this idea. Yeah, let's hear it. Sumptuous, sumptuous slack gestions. I don't know. I mean it's not. That's just off the top of my head. I mean, I'm not really ready to to bite down hard on any particular name, but we need a name for this segment. I, we, we, you got I, anything to My, my Sean, one you?
3: suggestion is uh slacking down, almost like snacking down.
0: Good, good. I you like know, it. All right, food, we're off to it, we're off to a great start. Yeah. So this segment, uh sumptuous suggestions, like, uh slacking down, whatever you taste buds out there got for us. Hit us on the Twitter at the House of Carbs is our Instagram at House of Carbs. Like and subscribe. Right? right, right, Kyle? Did I get it right? That's correct. Unbelievable. There we go. All right, let's get to this unbelievable, speaking of, item that you that you put up there.
3: Yes, yeah, so uh, this video posted uh, on June 16th uh, has now 22.8 million views, about nearly 500,000 favorites uh, of – a lady, she, she comments the tweet, uh, Z, that's her at handle. Uh, but she says, as someone who makes a lot of Korean food, this is the best method for getting garlic peeled. And the video shows, uh, her using a knife, puncturing the garlic unpeeled and popping off the cloves perfectly. They're perfectly in place and they're being perfectly peeled. And it looks like an ultimate life hack uh, for people who struggle like myself to peel garlic, where your hands just smell like garlic the whole day, and you're, it's a painstaking process to peel and chop and, and do all this stuff. And, and in a matter of 25 seconds, she completely unhinges cloves from a thing of garlic, and it blew up, and just absolutely incredible ingenuity. But uh, there are some people who who don't believe it. The, the Food Slack channel... Uh, ferociously defended the fact that they were like i don't think this method works this just looks like a viral fake viral video to me
0: well the, and and there is uh there there've been a number of stories out there so the woman uh the twitter user valentina lord is her name mm-hmm. and you know there there as as is the the way of the internet a great deal of skepticism was shared in response to this it did look in many respects, too good to be true. Yep. Um, and there was speculation about perhaps she has superior superior knife work. It seems that that the type of uh, garlic is uh, uh, kind of an, an, a very important element to, right, to performing right. this particular hack. That you need hard necked garlic, and no no less an authority than Helen Rosner, the food writer for the New Yorker at Hells, H-E-L-S, <laughs> she attempted this technique, Sean Yu, and reported that she ended up in the ER as a result.
3: Wow. Now, I will yeah. say, I was talking about this with Kyle uh, before you got on, was the way she's holding the knife in this video is extremely suspect and also very dangerous. She's fully grabbing the knife with her hands, and I um, I, I don't know how there's not blood everywhere in this video.
0: Well, I think it, it's indicative of a, of a dexterity that is not uh, common. This is a person that's very comfortable with the paring knife, a sharp paring knife, and she, uh, you know, demonstrates a, a, a real f- uh, faculty with, you know, a yep. precise stab and a very, you know, quick turn of the wrist for the removal of the del- delicate uh, uh, garlic kernel out of each bud there, and, you know... To her credit, if this works for her, that's terrific. I don't think we can call it a hack. I don't think I'm prepared to call it a hack. What's what's your verdict, Sean? You?
3: Um, I know everyone, you mentioned the the New Yorker uh food writer who who tested it out. Um, another food uh Twitter source, the LA Times Food, tried it out. And um, I think this was this, they did a video of it. I also dropped it in the Food Slack of um, one of their column- columnists uh, attempting this method. And I obviously wanted to try it myself, but this video did it for me. And the guy struggled. He he got to a point where he was just puncturing the cloves and almost damaging them, and it wasn't getting a right. full, that full, perfect, peeled clove out. It, it just wasn't happening. The knife was either splintering it or um, the clove was coming out with the peel still on it. So... Watching that, I was like, oh, this this seems more legitimate to me because they tried multiple times with also different textures of garlic, some more, I guess, ripe than others. And I I I Sure. I think you're right. I think the word hack uh is not necessarily the truth in this in, in, in this specific video.
0: Yeah, no, I mean we we don't uh want to impugn the intentions of Valentina Lord. She didn't like go on to some major platform and say, Hey world, you've been doing garlic wrong your entire (laughs) lives. All of you are fools. She simply posted a video of herself handling garlic in an extraordinarily skillful manner. And if this works for her, in a way where she's able, in her own preparation of the cuisine, the food that she eats and prepares for the loved ones in her life, and she's able to handle the the garlic and buy herself mm-hmm. quite a bit of time because of of this skill. More power to her! Most right? definitely, yeah. Shout out, shout shouts to Valentina. You T- do you, girl. Totally. The rest of us, the rest of us are gonna keep on trying and and doing the best we can and try and not end up with stab wounds in our hands i mean you know the there we still have that tried and true two bowl method where you you know there's a smashing and I, there's I, a i was just going to you know. bring
3: that up as if if you do need a hack to avoid getting stinky fingers with the garlic the the two bowl thing truly is a an actual process that works and has been confirmed by multiple people and i've tried it myself and uh, it's worked for me. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to wash a second bowl. That's just my laziness. I'd rather just sit there and peel into a into a trash can than use a second bowl. But teach his own, right? H- however, you want to peel your garlic, that's totally up to you. I-, I assume the people, the hungry homies, do not judge any garlic methods by people.
0: I, I think that's exactly right. But I, I I appreciate you coming on here today. We have this new feature here on House of Carbs. Every so often, the items of interest that come off the food slack, let's come up with a great name for it. I'm going to work on that. Sean Yu, you'll work on it. Nephew Kyle will work on it. We'll all try and come up together, my taste buds, with a beautiful name for this. And and let's try and be helpful to each other out there. We're we're all trying to get well-fed. Sean Yu,
3: thank you for you today, my friend. Thanks again for having me on house. And to the hungry homies, keep eating. Love you guys.
0: All right, my Hungry Homies, there we go. We are off next week, but we shall be back as July arrives. We're going to look back at the entire month of June. We'll have food news with Juliet Littman lined up. In the meantime, it is grilling season. As mentioned and discussed here on today's episode, please hit us at the house of carbs is the Instagram. That's our IG handle. We want to see what's going on your grill. It doesn't have to be steaks. It doesn't have to be meat even. If you've got some beautiful colored vegetables that are appearing on your grill, some seared corn, a beautiful uh, array of peppers, maybe getting ready for some sausages or brats, let's see that pop of color. Hit us up at the House of Carbs. Until next time, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.